0: Peter Howard, if there's no stat for it, it's it's false. <laughs> and it's like, dude, there's no stat for blocking gets you playing time, but god damn it. Yo, this is Alexander Madison, running back for the Minnesota Vikings, and you are listening to the 2-on-1, a fantasy football podcast. Make sure you draft me for that handcuff. That boy good. boy good.
1: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Moe, and everyone's best friend, Dominic Rickard. We have the whole gang back together and excited for the first episode of the 2019 fantasy football season. As always, we're going to be providing you with fantasy advice all season long and guiding you to a fantasy football championship. We have a great show set up for you guys today with a brand new segment debuting tonight with everybody's best friend, and we also have a special guest for the Commissioner's Corner. But first, let's begin with NFL Quick Hits. NFL Quick Hits We still have two elite bell cows running backs, holding out with really no end in sight. Zeke doesn't look like he's close to signing at all, especially with all the back and forth between him and Jerry Jones, and Melvin Gordon seems to be pretty dug in in his contract demands. We really hope that we don't have another Le'Veon Bell situation going on, On the injury front, Lamar Miller tore his ACL last weekend in a preseason action and will be out for the entire 2019 season. Jarek McKinnon had another setback on his surgically repaired knee, and it's looking more likely that he'll be placed on the IR. Feel really bad for Jarek, and we wish him a speedy recovery. Also, Cam Newton's left foot sprain seems to be very minor, and he's expected to start week one with no limitations. But lastly, how could we not talk about the biggest news of the weekend, To be honest, you probably the biggest news in the last decade. Andrew Luck, the franchise quarterback of the Super Bowl contending Colts, decided to retire after only seven seasons in the NFL and two weeks before the season starts. I'm shocked, stunned, flabbergasted, or whatever else you want to call it. Dominic, how are you feeling about this, man?
2: My biggest takeaway from this, and it's not my thought, I saw Stephen A. Smith talking about this, but how does the dude get to keep $24 million? Because he's a nice guy, like Barry Sanders, one of the nicest guys you ever seen, had to give money back when he retired. Megatron, when he retired, had to give money back. Maybe it's just the Lions. They just want their all their money. But how does Andrew <laughs> Luck quit on his team not quit, but you know, medically retire and ha- and get to keep twenty four million? Because you're a good guy, Andrew. That that blows my mind.
3: I mean, maybe they just felt bad for him because like most of his injuries are because the O line wasn't good and he was getting hit all the time, but uh, yeah i mean and to keep all the money is definitely weird it's, it's a how do you, weird situation how do you think
2: how do you think zeke and, and uh gordon feel right now they're like this dude's getting half of what i'm asking for in a contract for for retiring for nothing or yeah I, i'm the best running back in the nfl they're still going to show
3: up they're still going to ball out and they've produced for their team i mean yeah andrew's the man for that team and 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 you know all the projections for the colt have taken a dump since he's retired uh, retired but yeah, that if I was Zeke and Gordon, I I kind of be pissed to be
1: honest. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. I maybe there was something going on behind the scenes or something we don't we're not aware of. I mean, I could always maybe think maybe the medical staff did something that you know didn't tell them the truth on certain things or something because like you're saying, Dominic, you don't get free money like that in the NFL. Nobody gets free money like that. So, and it was it was a settlement. So, you know, obviously there was something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I think we'll figure out maybe we'll never figure out but maybe we'll get some more information later down the road.
3: All right, so can we roll into my quick hit because I we've been quiet all off season. We haven't had a, po- a full podcast all off season and I can I just get 1 minute to speak about AB about this whole Antonio Brown situation because it's really driving me nuts and not as a Raider fan. I'm not being a homer on this one. I am an Antonio Brown fan. I have had multiple shares of Antonio Brown multiple years. And to see the amount of hate that this guy is getting for stuff that's been totally blown out of proportion, I, I just don't get So AB, AB being a cancer, yeah, right AB's a cancer. AB is one of the best teammates out there and Big Ben himself admitted to Michelle Tafoya this week that he ruined the friendship with AB by calling him out for something that was Ben's fault for throwing a bad pass. He's calling AB out, he's calling other people out and then and then the uh, Steelers' uh front office is supporting him calling players out because Big Ben deserve, you know, he's earned the right to call people out. Like that's bullshit. You don't do that to your teammate. You don't do that on the football field. So I, there's no way that I think AB is a cancer, and and the whole this whole helmet fiasco, helmet gate, all the stuff that everyone wants to talk about it. He turned this whole situation into a sponsorship, into a sponsored deal for AB. He is the only player in the NFL that is getting paid to wear a helmet, to wear a specific helmet, the helmet of his choosing. And I don't understand why everyone has a problem with with a guy who the only thing protecting his brain is this helmet. And so it's one of the most important pieces of equipment. I don't understand what the problem is with a guy trying to advocate. That's all he's doing, he's advocating and he's fighting for something that he wants. Did he say he's gonna retire? No. Did he say that he's not gonna play because of the helmet? No, he just said he wanted the helmet that he wanted. So I, I don't get it. So he's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers because no one else is getting paid to wear a helmet like a B. Uh, So his feet shit happen sometimes. Sometimes you burn your feet. He can't like predict that. Yeah, was it dumb? Yeah, is it like look bad? Yes. But is he going to play? Yes. Does this is there are his feet healed? Yes. So there's no issue with that. So I just want to go on record. Right. That's saying everyone is, everyone's being in a frenzy over Antonio. It's all noise that was embellished to sell headlines. And I can't wait to see what he does this season. And the best thing about all this noise is that his ADP has dropped to the second round where I could swoop him up at a nice price and pair him with another RB1 or another wide receiver one and roll with Antonio this year. That's all I
1: got to say. Dominic, anything you have to say?
2: I think he said it all, man. uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, the only thing I will say is sometimes I picture A B late at night with his with his uh, what is it called, Tommy? Drip drop? It's a, it's a his <laughs> drip drop. His drip drop. Just, you know, feeling a little tipsy but not really drunk, just on that drip drop, sending tweets out. That's the only thing I wish he wouldn't do. I, I wish all professional athletes had a do you really want to send this tweet out? Because he deleted the tweet that he responded back to Ben this morning. That's my only problem with with a lot of players, but the good I guess the good thing about Twitter is we do get to see their you know real life personality because there's no PR person in between that. But right. I just it's wish not do it. I just wish they wouldn't do it. But my quick hits, I feel as passionate about, but it's not a Raider thing. Is I think the preseason is a joke. The way it is in today's NFL, the four games, all these injuries that Steve talked about in his intro. I think Sean Mavey's got it figured out. Don't play anyone that's important. Just play the guys that are looking to make your roster, your practice squad, and use your practice, your inner scrimmage where you can control the reps and the contact because these guys are way too valuable. These Preseason used to be for guys that were – you know, working, selling insurance on the, in the summertime, getting fat. They had to work themselves back in the game time. Now these guys play, stay year-round, they stay healthy. They work out, they take like two weeks off, and they stay healthy year-round. There's no reason to get into game shape anymore. You definitely need to get a new coaching system, but the practices are set up for that way. So that's my quick hit. We need to fix the preseason. Definitely, man. Good stuff, good stuff.
1: All right, man. Now it's time to debut our new segment, Welcome to Mr. Rickard's Neighborhood with everyone's best friend, Dominic Rickard.
4: Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? All
2: right, so the focus of Mr. Rickard's Neighborhood is to well this first episode is to help with tips for drafting a successful fantasy football team and i said this last year i think early in one of our podcasts but i'm going to say it again my number one rule for drafting a successful football team is adp and ecr which is average draft position and expert consensus ranking is a guideline not the gospel and i have a statistical example that I want to drop it's picking on you a little bit Steve but you got the best <laughs> reaction out of our draft and so I want to use that as an example
1: I, I get an AI draft I'm fine
2: I know you got the best draft grade and you you think this is your guy but just let just hear my rant out and I'll let you I'll let you rebuttal at the end All but right. who was your first pick overall in the draft well actually what was your first draft what was your draft position uh, my draft position was uh seven this year and who was your first pick Dalvin Cook and I'm guessing you took him over D-hop, et cetera, because you wanted a running back, correct? Uh, if you want to know my thought process, um, we had already they had already taken, I
1: believe, pretty much six t- – um, they had taken five running backs that I felt were uh, – or three down backs. And then – so I was considering taking Devontae Adams because I liked the consistency. However, he was taken at six. So I saw that there was a lot of top ten wide receivers left. And I felt that I could get a top 10 receiver on the turn, but I didn't think I could get a top 10 running back. Um, So I I took, in my opinion, the last three down running back, which was Dalvin Cook.
2: And I get that. I I totally see your point of view, but I'm trying to use this as an example against ADP. And I don't want to put you on the spot, so I'll just tell you, but his ECR from my beer spot was 2.08, which means he should be going around the expert consensus. Rangus says he should be in the second round around the eighth pick. My point is, I took Todd Gurley in the second round, and his and his average uh, or his ECR is three point zero one. So I, I I took him early too, but mm-hmm. but what I'm trying to ta- my point about ADP and ECR is it's expert consensus ranking, but there's a lot of biasism in it. I don't understand how anyone, just looking at stats, can put Dalvin Cook in this example ahead of Todd Gurley. Let me just give you the stats from the last two years, because Dalvin Cook's only been in the league for two years. This will be his third year. In 2017 and 2018, uh, I'll just give you the total yards. Todd Gurley had about 2,500 rushing yards, 1,300 yards receiving, and 40 touchdowns. Do you want to know what Dalvin Cook's stats the last two years were? 960 yards rushing, 390 yards receiving, and six TDs. That's 34 TDs difference in the last two years. And I get Todd Gurley's situation – about his knee and how they played him in the playoffs, but he still finishes the number three running back in PPR and the number one overall in regular. And I think Dalvin Cook finished like – I had it somewhere written down, but he was not in the top 30, let's put it that way, because he didn't play a lot last year. So I get that that they're, the gap is closing between Dalvin Cook and Todd Gurley, but from a statistical standpoint, you're trying to tell me that the, all the experts know that – off of what – that Dalvin Cook is – I know the Vikings want to run the ball more. I know their their offense is better. They want to play defense and run the ball. And I know Todd Gurley's team drafted a running back, all that stuff. But how statistically can you determine your whole draft team on ADP based on statistics and Todd Gurley being a top three back the last three years and Dalvin Cook never playing 16 games? And well, I'll, I'll think let you
1: one of the. Out. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things we preach on this on this podcast all the time is uh, not going all statistics, not going all analytics, using our our uh, experiences playing football in the past. Um, and in my opinion, I'm not trying. I didn't think Dalvin Cook is better than Todd Gurley. I just saw how Todd Gurley last year uh, faded really bad with no explanation, really. Besides maybe a sore knee, I guess they were saying, um, and then it comes out later on that he had uh, arthritis. No one knows that he had surgery. And they go ahead and draft a running back. They, uh, they sign a tender uh, for Malcolm Brown, I believe, uh, the backup running back right now. So that means that another team signed him. So they had a restricted free agent. Another team wanted to sign him, and they matched the offer to keep him. Um, so along with that, along with the rookie running back, I feel that um, there's just too many question marks uh, for me to take Todd Gurley in the first round. Uh, I like Dalvin cook more this year than last year, because obviously it's a year removed from his ACL tear, which I feel that kind of plays into the statistics that you're telling us um, earlier. Um, So I just, you know, like I said, Todd Gurley is definitely a better player uh, than Dalvin cook. I just feel like there's less question marks with Dalvin cook this year than there is with Todd Gurley. Um, So that's why I decided to take uh, Dalvin cook.
2: And I agree to some extent. And my, my point is because situation definitely matters and you're reading between the tea leaves, but I'm just saying these guys are, you know, analytic guys, and they're they're trying to give you hot takes. But ADP is not the gospel. That's that's my uh, point. Absolutely, absolutely. Tommy, one hundred percent. Tommy, finish this up for me. Who do you think finishes? You give us your opinion, but who do you think finishes a, as a higher PPR running back? Todd Gurley or Dalvin Cook?
3: I mean, if Todd Gurley is on the field for sixteen games. I mean, all which, signs
2: which he's which it's mostly 15 games, but anyway, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Average is yeah. like 14 yeah. games for running backs. Yeah.
3: Well, then I, I would say if he's healthy, if he's playing his full his full suite of games, then then I would say all points, all signs point to Todd Gurley based on, on on history, on the Rams' offense, on opportunity. Um, but I, I don't think you can ignore the fact that they drafted Daryl Henderson, the fact that they kept Malcolm Brown, um, and. and and they have to limit this guy's touches a little bit. I mean, but even with limited touches, um, I think it was Matthew Berry that said like, not all touches are created equal. So he's still going to get really good score, really good points from those limited touches. However, I don't see Dalvin cook being that far behind him, And, and I get where Steve's, uh, point of view is that you know from 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 getting a third three down back he's definitely a three down back and dom i don't know if it would make you feel better at all but you know if dalvin cook i mean i have him projected at just under 1100 yards rushing and six touchdowns i mean if he gets that that's not that bad of a player and like i said it's not gonna be that far off from where todd's gonna finish
2: no definitely not but i i guess i love it because I should be – I sound like I'm angry, but I'm actually happy because I still think Todd Gurley is a top three back, and I got him in the second round. So I love oh, that people are <laughs> Push, pushing him down. Him it, hey, if you want to go there, <laughs> I will gladly i go in there, man. What do you <laughs> want to <laughs> bet? It's been a Todd dinner. Gurley, Todd Gurley. All right. A steak dinner. dinner. master yes. steak dinner.
1: Just for uh, you, not your wife, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, not, not the wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Todd Gurley is in higher PPR ranking. Dalvin in the Cook regular, in the regular season, yes.
1: The regular season, all right. Yeah, put it on the board, I'll take that, put it on the board. But to so, finished,
2: finish, yeah, go ahead, Tom.
3: Well, and Steve, uh, does it make you feel better that Dalvin Cook has the fifth easiest strength of schedule for running backs this year?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I do
1: like that. Um, but I also thought when I drafted him, I thought, man, this guy's got to pay the Bears, you know. But I also know he plays uh, a couple games in indoor uh stadiums which is good for him and then also they play some cold weather games and what do you do when it's cold you run the ball
4: so you know i like it's not
2: like it's not like they didn't draft a rookie either like i'm pretty sure homeboy introduced our podcast uh had a pretty good camp this year so you could say the same thing you said about todd Gurley. they they did yeah i saw you picked him up i saw you picked him up (laughs) (laughs) you know i love owning your 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 get that
4: handcuff
1: All right, great segment, Dom. Love that, love that. I hope you guys will enjoy it, and uh, we'll be having a lot more uh, time in uh, Mr. Do- Dominic Rickards' uh, neighborhood. All right, guys, let's uh, move on to Fantasy fo- Football Talk. Before that, uh, Dom, Tommy wants to talk about a, uh, a pretty good new product out there right now.
3: So if you guys have been watching Hard Knocks, like definitely we've been watching Hard Knocks, you might have seen Antonio Brown talk about the drip. And I think it was on episode three where he's saying on the sideline. He's like, yo, hey, you want some of the drip? You want some of the drip? If you're like me and most people, you thought the drip was just him mixing up some Gatorade flavors and trying something different. Actually, there's a real product called Drip Drop ORS. And so I just want to plug it right now because they were kind enough. Nick at Drip Drop ORS was kind enough to send us a swag box with some a whole bag of uh, individual packets of the drip. And a nice Camelback uh, water bottle and a cool hat and hooked up my buddy, our buddy uh, Garage Guy Chase over there in Louisiana. So, so big shout out to Nick at Drip Drop ORS. Uh, they're a great new company based out of Oakland and, and their hashtag is stick to your mission. And they're all about their mission and their mission statement. And every time you, you use that hashtag on social media, stick to your mission, uh, they're going to, they're going to donate some of their drip drop rehydration drink. To people Better. in the in the Congo uh, who are dying from Ebola, so the the main uh, the main thing main reason why a lot of people actually end up dying from Ebola is from from dehydration. So, uh, Drip Drop ORS specializes in rehydration drinks, um, getting that uh, electrolytes and fuel back into you. Has le- way less sugar than Gatorade, and it, it tastes great too. So, go out there, get you some of the drip Drip Drop ORS. It's the stuff to have. So, if you use it as a mixer for a cocktail. Oh yeah. Probably get drunk. Never get drunk. Mix it, hydrated. mix it up with some white claws. Hit that <laughs> hit the tube, hit the barrel, get barreled bass some white claws.
4: <laughs> we
2: call that we call that getting shack dacquered, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: guys, let's move on to some fantasy football talk.
4: Hey, fantasy, fantasy.
1: all right so this week's topic uh for the fantasy football talk is going to be what is our draft strategy so we'll go ahead and start with tommy um just give the uh the audience a little bit of an idea of uh, uh what was your draft strategy this year my
3: draft strategy this year which is the same one every year is draft the best player available on your board for the first six rounds so that first six rounds it should be safe don't make any crazy picks draft consistent players with a high floor. Okay, you don't want to, if you don't make your own ranking system, then, then find one that you trust. Find one from either fantasy pros or, or any of the number ones, number of ranking systems that are out there, fantasy footballers, anyone that you trust that you know has been doing this for a long time, but I highly recommend to make your own list those beer lists are also really cool too. So like again, find a find a list you trust and then draft consistent players. Build your core team around safe, consistent studs that will produce every single week. Then, round 7 through 9 should or 10 should be about rounding out your starting roster with whatever positions are missing. If if you decide to wait on tight end, then that's the time to get your tight end and there's plenty of tight ends available in the seventh to ninth round like one of me and steve's favorite guys austin hooper who's right there ready for the picking and then and or if you wait on quarterback now's the time to get your quarterback because you might be able to get matt ryan in round seven or nine so after that the rest of the draft should be about finding high ceiling guys high guys that are going to go big that maybe flyers but they're gonna put up some numbers. They're great plug and play guys. Or you also wanna get your handcuffs that will fill out your bench. And lastly, don't draft a defense or a kicker until the last two rounds. Or if you're like Steve, don't draft them at all and figure out what you're gonna do later, but don't waste the draft pick early, even if it's the Bears, until and, and so the last two rounds. Cause that's when you wanna get them and that's the mistake that I see every single year. It happened in our home league draft. And and there's no reason to do it. So that's my draft strategy. What about you guys?
1: My strategy has kind of changed over the over the years. Um, obviously we're in a PPR league. So I always believed in doing two running backs first, uh, try to get two three down running backs. Um, however, there's been a huge shortage. Uh you could see it in the NFL is changing. There's a huge shortage now of, of running backs that are bell cows, especially at three down running backs. So definitely get one in the first round is my strategy. If there's a second uh, one in the second round, get them as well. If not, then go for a really good elite wide receiver. So this year, um, I went a little crazy in the first round, apparently, but uh, Dalvin Cook in the first, and then Michael Thomas in the second. So, and then uh, like Tommy said earlier, I don't draft a kicker or a defense. I usually just stream them the week before, and I pick up guys that I just kind of want to see what's going on. So, like for instance, I picked up Ronald Jones. And I know he's got some uh, competition with Payne Barber. Just wait and see if maybe one of those guys hits, and and you, maybe you know they become a starter, or somebody gets hurt, and um, that's pretty much it. You know, just follow my board, be fluid with it. Uh, don't be locked. Don't chase any players. Don't come into a draft saying I'm going to get that guy no matter what, because uh, you have to be flexible. So, what about you, Dom?
2: So Tommy, I know you missed out. You would have won in the finals, but semifinals, you got unlucky and lost by a couple points. Two points. So you're- so your strategy, to you, it holds weight because you, you were right there. You would have not had that bad luck. You would have smoked everyone in the finals. So, and then Steve, like I said, won a couple ships. Well, I haven't won any ships, and I was, didn't make it to the finals last year. So I knew I had to train my strategy this year. So I did what what you mentioned earlier. I got a beer sheet the day before our. I put all our our our, our team. I'm sorry, our league point scoring in. It gave me the sheet, and then I told myself, take all your bias out of it and go off of the players that you agree with their ranking. So for example, in the first round, I was a six pick. I always like to go running back, but like Steve said, all the great running backs were taken. I'm not as high on cook as I am. And so I went to go take a receiver. And so I said, who's the best receiver. I love watching D hop play. I love watching the Texans play, but I think that Devonte Adams from the, the Packers is a more consistent receiver. D hop, Gets more double teams. Yeah, Will Fuller is going to be back, but I feel like Adams just is a more consistent player last year. So I took Devonte Adams, who I hate the Green Bay Packers and I hate Aaron Rodgers, but I I think he's going to be a good fantasy player. So I did that. Then I I remember last year how brutal tight end was in our league. So I knew I wanted to get a top three tight end this year, even if it killed me. So I think I took Kittle in the third round. I went Gurley in the second, then Kittle in the third. Then I stuck to my guns, trying to do exactly what Tommy said and Steve get some more running backs and then fill out my roster. Uh, I didn't reach for a defense or a kicker; took them in the 14th and 15th round. But I did re- reach for Deshaun Watson because I think he's going to be number two or three top quarterbacks this year, and that, that's what my draft strategy was this year. So it's that's the be- the beauty of it. We all had different strategies, and we're all going to see who's plays out in the end. Uh, mine,
3: mine's going to play out in the end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, going off that, what do you guys think uh, fantasy studs for 2019 this year?
4: Hey, stud.
1: Are we keeping it to one or would you like several? Uh, let's just start
3: with your first, your top guy. Oh, my top guy. Well, I, I I do really like Dalvin Cook, um, but I'm not going to really talk about him here. Ooh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I already taste that steak. You know, you know one guy, uh, and and I think it's uh, I think it's a little obvious, but actually it's not, it's not super obvious. I just think that Juju Smith Schuster can really be a top three wide receiver this year. Juju's finally the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh, and it's his show in 2019. So last year he had 166 targets, and with a B there. So without AB, he should continue to get at least 160 targets, right? So projecting him with an ever-so-slight progression, now that he's a wide receiver one, now that he should get the lion's share of the targets, I still have Juju with just under 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns, locking him in as a top-five wide receiver. But again, that's an ever-so-slight progression. I think he can actually do a little bit better than that. And, And even if things just stay the same, uh, as last year, he's still going to be a top five right receiver this year. So I, I think it can be a little bit better. I'm expecting big things from Juju, and I think he's going to deliver.
2: I'll jump in. My stud is not really a surprise either, but Tyreek Hill. The dude set the league on fire. I do think Mahomes regresses in touchdowns, but Tyreek Hill is playing with stolen money. He was so close to being Ray Rice, or at least you know out eight games, and he got no suspension. He's in a contract year and he's got another year under the belt with Patrick Mahomes and they want to get that dude the rock. I don't see barring an injury, like you can say that about any fantasy player, but I don't see this dude slowing down and averaging 20 fantasy points a game every game. Every game? No, I mean across sixteen games. Not you know, there'll be a ten point game, but a thirty five point game. But on They'll average average twenty average, points yeah. a game this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sticking with the Chiefs too, my guy this year. And same thing with you, Dom. If he stays healthy, I think the Chiefs offense produces a running back one every year. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware, Shaqhandick West. And I think this year it's going to be Damian Williams. If he can stay healthy, I mean, I know we haven't seen him ever carry the you know, the load for a whole season, but man, I think if he could stay healthy, he can catch the ball. He runs fast, he runs hard. I think that he could have a huge year and so I, I think he could be a league winner for some people this year. Can I do one done. more guy? Can I do one more stud? Go ahead, ahead Tom. Oh, you
2: are the Kabish. So, okay. Okay.
1: So, uh,
3: well, I actually, I, I just barely touched on Matt Ryan. I just want to say Matt Ryan has had the most fancy points over the last three seasons with the 5.6% touchdown rate and has the 10th easiest strength of schedule with 13 games in the dome. But the one guy I just really want to talk about, cause I've, fucking love this guy is aaron jones and i just tried to trade for him and the guy wouldn't give him up and i'm so mad uh and he got drafted literally the spot before i was gonna draft him but hashtag free aaron jones is finally a thing now now that mike mccarthy is no longer running the show in green bay he has an adp of 28 overall and rb 15 so he has a great adp you can get him in the in the third round maybe and and so i have him projected for over a thousand yards from scrimmage and 10 total touchdowns because he's a competent pass catcher out of the backfield with plenty opportunities for PPR points. And, and last year, looking at, you know, and, and it was last year, but looking at last year, he was a fantasy stud from weeks eight to 14, which was after the bye week. And, and like Dalvin Cook, he needs to remain healthy uh, throughout the season to, re- to be truly fantasy viable But he does have a has the twenty-eighth hardest strength of schedule for running backs. So he'll have an uphill battle to crack into the RB1 territory. I just really feel like he can because the guy's so damn good and we're finally gonna see him be released and just let him do his thing this year. He also
1: sees like seventy percent seven man boxes too. like in, in his all his runs because of Aaron Rodgers right. and they never stacked the box so like any green bay running back is going to be pretty decent and Aaron just is a great running back but if you're only seeing seven man boxes i mean you're going to you're going to do be pretty productive and they got a really good old line too so um that's one thing that i know Tommy's preached on uh, a lot last year was offensive line is huge in the NFL and i know we don't never t- we don't really talk about it very much but when you know when you're targeting those players Especially running backs, you kind of want to look to see who has those good old lines, and, and you know, and uh, you know, those those players should have a little bit more value for you. Absolutely. Can I jump right, right
2: into my dud? Because uh, yeah, I was just
1: gonna switch it over. Let's go fantasy duds for 2019.
2: Go ahead, Dom. <laughs> you got the dud. I think mine's probably the biggest bombshell that we're gonna drop on this podcast, and it's gonna get a lot of flack. But Uh-oh. I think OBJ. Oh. oh fantasy oh, dud. No. Oh. This Oh, I, f- I predict he finishes outside the top eight, top eight of receivers, and you should you wish you would have took him in the fifth or sixth round because of that. Okay, Uh-oh. but top
1: eight receiver still goes in the first, second round. Are you saying top eight receiver? What are you, what are you saying? Get, I don't want
2: to get too crazy, but I definitely think he's going to finish outside of the top ten.
3: Is that because he's in a new situation and new scheme and a, a lot of mouths to feed, or I, because I think,
2: the OBJ is a talent? I think no, no. It has nothing to do with his talent. I think it has to do with the situation. I just don't like Jarvis Landry is a PPR nightmare. Uh OBJ is in a new system with a new quarterback. Yes, they're talking all this stuff. He's a very emotional guy and the new head coach being a, you know, a running back coach that got promoted and there's just too many miles of thing. I think Chud's going to be a beast. I think the Joku's going to be a great red zone target. I just think there's too many mouths to feed. He's gonna be he's gonna be a decent year, but no, he's not gonna be a Julio Jones. Or that's my that's my. I, I my
1: disagree, mind. and let me tell you why. Because hey, I get it. Let me disagree. Guy. Let me finish. No. Let me finish. No, okay. He's I a popular guy. But it's not a he hot take. is, dude. He, you're saying he's not gonna get his. He's gonna get all his. They, what do you do first? You feed your top dog, and OBJ is their top dog. They're gonna yeah. feed him the ball. He'll Earth. get a 25% share. I know they got all these other players. But they're going to make sure that OBJ gets the ball. Not only that, he played with Eli freaking Manning, and he was still a wide receiver one. Eli Manning sucks. I mean, come on, let's be honest. He has a noodle arm. He's not very accurate. That offense wasn't very good, and he still did good. Now he's got Baker Mayfield, a way better accurate quarterback. I mean, I don't know. I don't see
2: it, man. He's still going to make amazing plays, and they're going to try to feed him early. But over the course of the season, either through injury or they decide, they figure out they're a running team or that they just want to play defense and get after the quarterback, something is not going to let him finish as high as everyone thinks he's going to. I could be completely wrong, but that's why I'm taking a big risk. No, I could see
1: that. Dom, I know you think he's still, going to be a, he's still going to be a good receiver. You just don't think for where he's getting drafted he yes. may not have the yes. value. A uh, yes. guy like that for me is Le'Veon Bell. I think Le'Veon Bell is going – um, you know, in the first round, probably seventh, eighth right now. Um and I, I just don't I don't see it with that Jets offense, man. And 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 I think uh, I heard a stat that, you know, there's never been a top, you know, ten running back in a offense that hasn't been sixteenth or better in the NFL overall. So I, I just don't see it with the Jets. I mean, they have no receivers really. You know, Robbie Anderson, uh Inouye, um, you know, I, I just don't I don't see Chris uh, what do they have? Uh Jameson Crowder you know, so I mean, Le'Veon Bell is going to have the volume and he still may finish like a, a top 12, 13 running back just based on the volume, kind of like with David Johnson. But I think people, when they're getting Le'Veon Bell, they're thinking, oh man, it's going to be my belt. This guy's going to carry my team, you know, every week and he's going to be more like a David Johnson. That overall, David Johnson was like the ninth best running back last year. But every week to week, he didn't do very well for you. You know, he just quite a
2: bit. I'm high on Bell, so I disagree, but I will add another point to you. If you remember back, he is a different running back than any other running back. He likes to hop behind the line. He's very patient. It took the Steelers and Pouncey and that line to learn how he runs. It took him like two years. He was good. He was always good. But like to be a good blocking team for Le'Veon Bell is completely different than any running back you've ever blocked for because of that patience that he has. So yeah, hundred blocks. I, yeah, I will agree he's not going to be as great as everyone because of that, because of his running style. But later in the year when they figure it out and it, Donald's not turning the ball over, I don't know, man. The ball's got to go somewhere, mm-hmm. and he's he's one of the best catching backs out of the backfield.
3: I'm just real curious to see how his running style fits with that offensive line like you guys are seeing, when the only guy I can really think that's really quality on that O-line is uh, Kolechi Semele, who was with the Raiders last year, yeah. who did get hurt. And, and even – you know, going back to the receivers, Robbie Anderson, you know, there's talk today that he might not be, he might be hurt and he might be ready to start the year. So you take your best receiver out of the game. You put Le'Veon Bell with a, definitely a decrease in offensive line. No AB. And and, and as good as Sam Darnold might be this year, it's still, it's not Ben Roethlisberger. You know, everything takes a step down. So I'm, I've always been a fan of Le'Veon Bell as well, but I I am curious to see how he's going to be. So I, I, I actually don't think that's, like, that hot of a take or anything, Steve, because, you know, I could see it. You know, I could see it going both ways, that he still is as good as he's always been, but I think all the chips are stacked against him. Then it's not going to be as easy for him to be as good as he was in the past.
1: Yeah, and it just goes to, back to the value of the pick. You know, he's going in the first round, and when right. you get a first-round running back, you're hoping that he's going to be your number one producer every week consistent, consistently. You know what I mean? At least yeah. an RB2 at worst, you know? So. Right. What about you, Tommy? Who do you have this year?
3: Oh, I just, it's a new year and we just still have to keep on shitting on Amari Cooper. So (laughs) I have the fantasy locust Amari Cooper as my dud for this year for a bunch of reasons. He right now, and this goes back to the Le'Veon Bell thing and even OBJ. He's his ADP right now is at wide receiver 13 and 32 overall. So that's like on the cusp of being a wide receiver one in the league. Uh, His ADP is way too high for me to feel comfortable drafting him as a wide receiver two with wide receiver one expectations when he has historically disappeared for half of his games every single year. I'd rather have someone like Brandon Cooks, who has consistently put up a thousand yards every season on three different teams. Even even in Cooper's Pro Bowl year in 2016, he still disappeared in games but still had enough booms to rack up over 1,100 yards. So I get it. Amari Cooper can still put up the yards, but the type of fantasy player that I am, I want a consistent player, especially in those early rounds. Like I talked about rounds one through six, get those consistent studs every single week. Plus, his contract talks of wanting to be the highest paid wide receiver just completely turned me off. Go out there and prove it, dude. Be consistent like Nook and then get your contract. Go out there every single year and prove it. I also want nothing to do with this planter's fasciitis reports that are coming out that he's dealing with, because that's a very painful, lingering injury that hurts the most when you plant and cut and push off. So once again, for anyone else out there that's a a Amari Cooper truther, go for it, man. Have at it. I'm not having anything to do with the fantasy locust, and I'm going to keep hammering fantasy locust. Hashtag fantasy locust on Twitter. All season long, because he's going to do what he
2: has done every single year. Tommy, do you remember what I texted you during the Raiders' first preseason game? I right. um, oh, oh that that that
3: Keelan Doss is the best number eighty nine to wear the Raiders uniform in a long time. <laughs> love it,
1: love it, absolutely love it. Uh, all right, Dominic. Uh, so who do you have? Uh, let's actually, guys. Let's let's give out some free nuggets right now. We're known to get some free nuggets, so free. Nuggets. Uh, I'm going to ask you both. Uh, give me a player worth drafting with a low ADP um, that you think is going to have a good year this year.
2: I think the obvious two are Pollard and Eckler for the holdouts that we all know about. So let's not uh-huh. talk about them. My guy has already been brought up in this podcast, uh, Madison for the Vikings. He's had a great camp. They draft him in the third round and going off at of Dalvin Cook's injury history – He's got a great shot because if Dalvin goes down, he is the only replacement. And that's, what I like in my handcuffs, you know, a guy come in and be that three down back when the, if another guy goes down. Free nuggets. Yeah. And his ADP right now is at like 151
1: overall. So you're pretty much getting him for free at this point. You probably want him. Really, off I mean, win. most people are going to draft him. Yeah. What about Boone? Though? I think Boone's doing pretty well this preseason. I forget his first name, but um, the running back uh, there too. Daniel. I mean, I know they drafted. Yeah. Daniel Boone. Yeah. He's, <laughs> no, that's yeah, it's his, no, it's not a sure, But you know who I'm talking right. about. Uh so he's doing pretty good. Um yeah, let's just hope that Dalvin doesn't get it this year. That's all I'm saying. Who you got, Tommy? Uh, I have a I have a long list
3: of guys, so I'm gonna try to pick a couple ones out of here. Um one of my favorite guys, uh and and, and call it preseason tilt where or I just saw, you know, what how he was being used on that offense and I don't think it's an amazing offense, but D.D. Westbrook for the Jags.
4: Free. Nuggets. No,
3: I just think is in a prime situation at an ADP of 84 overall, and that's putting him at wide receiver 33. Uh, he's the number one receiver on that team. So I really like e. D.D. Westbrook this year. I think he can have a good year. And then another receiver that I get he's coming off an, an injury, a big injury. But, again, looking really good in that one preseason game is Emmanuel Sanders.
4: Free. Nuggets.
3: And that's someone that Steve's been high on every single other year. And so right now, his ADP has dropped so low at 96 overall, the wide receiver 39, that he's a great buy because it's low risk at that point. It's low risk to have a guy that could be a nice wide receiver too that everyone is forgetting about. you know. And I, and I, and I think there's a lot of guys out there. I don't want to talk about Darius Gweiss too much because I definitely ruffled some feathers on Twitter, but he's like another guy that people are forgetting about. So when you're looking at late-round guys – guys that you can pick up off the waiver that might not even be drafted, you want to look at guys that are going to have that opportunity first. And and the last guy I have on my list, and again, is probably free at this point, is Justice Hill from uh, the Ravens.
4: Free. Nuggets.
3: Yeah, Great handcuff to Mark Ingram. Mark, I know Mark Ingram's a great running back. I know Gus Edwards is still there. But Justice Hill is looking so good in the preseason. And, and I just think it's a matter of time. And he's definitely a better buy in Dynasty. But for redraft, he's definitely a guy you want to keep your eye on, or maybe stash it super late because midway through the season, you might see him taking at least half of those reps from Mark Ingram. Yeah.
1: Steve, who's your who's your guys? Well, I had Justice Hill too. Um, he was uh, one of my guys, uh, so I won't. Uh, Tommy did a pretty good job on that. Touched on it. I also think though that Justice Hill is a different back than Mark Ingram. He's more of a shifty, kind of like has uh, been compared to like Reggie Bush style. Yeah. So I think that. Um, you know, he still make it on the field, even with uh, Mark Ingram. And I think personally, I think by the end of the year, he'll be a, probably a good flex option. So a good running back three, I think. All right, guys, uh, tell me any uh, voicemail or Twitter questions for us.
3: Yeah, we had one good one. Uh, we had a couple of funny ones, and I think uh, Twitter was just having fun with me. But uh, we have one from at Fantasy Burner. Uh, so his question is that he's in a standard league, not PPR, standard league, three wide receiver, You start three wide receivers and one flex. He's drafting in the 12th spot. And is wondering if he should grab in the twelve man league, wondering if he should grab a wide rec- a running back and a wide receiver uh, as a as a elite as he can get at that turn, uh, instead of doubling up at running back or receiver because it gets real dicey by the time he picks next in the third round, um, which is like twenty five picks away. So uh, at that spot, at the twelve spot, and at the turn, uh, do we recommend running back, wide receiver to to get a little bit more? Uh, diversity in, in the starting the roster or are you just still just get the best guy available no matter what position
1: i think at a 12-man league uh and especially being standard i think you probably have to go with best available i mean ideally you'd want to go i mean i would probably want to go running back running back but at that position i don't think you're really going to get you know a, a good quality running back that's going to be very good in standard um so yeah i'd probably go just let the board fall to you um, and then like you said, maybe you can, you know, be able to get at least two top fifteen players uh on your roster and, and you know, and then you know, I think that's that's probably for me. That would be the, the strategy to go.
2: I I think he should do something a little bit different. I think he should go like James Conner with that first pick or you know, any running back that's left in that area that you that he's really high on. And then maybe even take a chance on Travis Kelsey. He did yep. end up as well wide receiver six last year, yep. something like that. And then you get the number one tight end for sure. So you at least you have the best position because you're not going to get the best running back unless you get super lucky and you're maybe going to get the best receiver, but well, probably not though big, you take an advantage and then you pick up like Tyler Lockett, you know, on the swing when it comes back to you or a, a wide receiver. We're really high on that's a number one, but ADP is in the fourth round, third, fourth round.
3: What about like someone like Chris Carson and then, like Mike Williams exactly. or something? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Right on. Well, there you go, fantasy burner. All right, guys. Now it's time for our special guest on this week' Commissioner Corner with Tommy Moe.
4: The Commissioner's Corner.
1: All right, guys. On this
3: edition of the Commissioner's Corner, we have a very special guest, one of my favorite fantasy football analysts and personalities from Twitter, the King of Sleepers, Mister. Polly from Polly Sleepers. What's up, Polly? Welcome to the two on one
0: hey guys hey tommy how you doing long time coming we've been talking about this for months and uh i'm happy to be on the show man let's do this what's
3: up yeah man it's so good to talk to you finally on the horn after uh man it's been we've been interacting for about a, at least a year now on twitter and um finally actually good to hear your
0: voice <laughs> oh yeah at least a year it's it's going on too now tommy i think
1: i think so yeah all right Polly. i'm gonna start it off tonight I know you're a big Colts fan, um, and I know we had some big news this last past weekend. So, how are you feeling about Luck
0: retiring? Oh man, I just felt like some more of that emptiness uh, <laughs> when when I heard about it. It's a it's an awkward feeling. Uh, not to get you know too somber here, but as you guys know, or, or Tommy at least knows, I also lost a really close friend like two nights before that. So it was really Sorry weird. I mean, like I, losing a friend of twenty years you know, it is a hundred times more impactful to me. So the luck thing kind of didn't hit me, like didn't hit me for several days uh, because I was already just kind of reeling. But um, if you follow my Twitter feed, you know that up to, I mean, going back to like six weeks ago, I've been freaking out on the page, you know, yeah. uh, saying this is not right. They're, they're saying it's all these different injuries. They're telling us it's one thing, then it's another thing, then it's another thing. There's, there's a lot going on that we may never know behind the scenes what was going on here. I mean, supposedly this was a calf strain from March. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think, that, uh, I think that whatever's going on with him is a lot worse than what has been led on. Um, I think that uh, they probably knew that he was going to walk away sooner than he says it was just a couple of weeks ago um i don't know they just paid him that 24 million said you could keep it i mean what, what was that all about you yeah. know yeah that
1: was really um, shocking to me that they didn't even try to get any of that money back he's like, a nice guy
0: they just let yeah, him keep yeah. that it's the million. nfl
1: man there's a lot of nice guys that get cut or treated really <laughs> yeah. badly
0: you Maybe know was he, was nice guy. That, he was doing that workout. A couple weeks ago, like on the sidelines, and everybody's like, "Oh, wow, he looks great. He looks great." And then in the press conference, he said, "I knew then that that would be my last time on the field." Wow. Okay, well, why'd they get him out there?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know why they got him out there.
1: Season tickets. Same
0: thing they did to us two years ago when they yeah. knew he wasn't playing with his shoulder. They want to sell those tickets, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so we feel said-
0: we feel betrayed. The city feels betrayed. The the. Yeah. The team has not been very forthcoming. They did the same thing back with uh, Peyton Manning. He's going to play, and then he missed a whole year. And then, oh, by the way, he had neck surgery. And then come to find out he had three neck surgeries. I mean, that was all the same thing. That's why I've been saying all this shit on Twitter that, you know, that there's a pattern. And it's not just the shoulder deal from two years ago. This stems back to the Peyton Manning deal. Uh, you know, seven years ago, it was the same, it was the same shit. Um, They'll do anything to hide their franchise quarterback's injury from the, the, the fans to sell those tickets. I firmly believe that. But as a fan, it just really sucks because, you know, Ballard's done such a great job of building a team for our win. Now window is wide open right now with, with Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard and all the offensive weapons that we've gotten and the new scheme and now we're we're done. I mean, we don't have a playoff team. I I, I I'll tell you that right now, we don't have a playoff team. Maybe and, a wild card, maybe.
3: And that's the saddest part about it is, is so many people were high on luck and and high on the Colts coming into the season, and then one thing happens, and yeah, it's your franchise quarterback, but man, does it just fucking change everything with the Colts this year?
0: It does. I mean, nothing's happened like this since Barry Sanders uh, uh, did this right before the season. Um, You know, I can't think of anything else in sports that's happened. You know, right before the season, you find out that one of the biggest guys in the sport is just going to not play. But uh, like I said, as you know, if you've been following along, I've been uh, smelling a rat for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate to take a victory lap on this one. Uh, The worst victory lap of all time. But everybody that's been DMing me and asking me about Colts players and when they should draft them, I've been telling everybody, no, draft later, push them back. Yeah. Grab them later, push them back. They're all, they've all shot way down the rankings for me.
1: For 20 years, the Colts had uh, Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck and only one Super Bowl to show for it. So going back to what Polly was saying about the ownership and the management of the team, like it's just been really bad. And it's unfortunate that they finally got it right with uh, the GM and they're changing it around. And then, you know, Luck decides to retire. So, Paulie, my question, my next question would be like, so what are your thoughts on Jacoby Reset? Do you think he's going to be? I mean, obviously he's not an Andrew Luck, but do you think he's going to be serviceable for this upcoming season?
0: It, it, it's Jeff Fisher time. It's eight and eight time. <laughs> you know. Uh. Uh, and I mean, for fantasy purposes, he was, I think, top seven in rushing quarterbacks um in 17. So there's some rushing upside there. Not a lot of you know, big plays. If if you're playing in leagues that have uh, uh, big play bonuses, his ADOT really low. Um, his uh, average yards per uh, per attempt way below the league average. I think is seven point six, and he was like six, um, which is really bad. So you know, nobody's drafting him in redraft leagues, but he could be a streamer um, from a fan standpoint. It just sucks. I'd rather us go two and fourteen. Well,
3: um, and so you were talking about fading, you know, all, all the Colts skill position players, definitely pushing them down and their board. Um, and I think it's kind of obvious, you know, with T.Y. Hilton, Marlon back. But but yeah, you know, our, our Ebron and Doyle and, and Mo Ali Cox definitely moving a little bit up now because of that reason with the tight ends, with his rapport with the tight ends. And even just as a safety blanket, you know, you mentioned the low a dot, you know, is, is he is he going to you know target them a little bit more because, you know, he's not really that great of a down uh, down the field thrower.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and camp reports are that he's been lighting Hilton up, um, mm-hmm. on deep throws and Hilton's having one of his best camps ever. That's what the camp buzz is. So who knows, maybe that's changed, but in the past and in college and in 17, that's not what he did. And he, um, in college and in 17 targeted the tight end quite a bit so um i mean mo alley cox is not going to be a serviceable redraft fantasy guy unless there's an injury but i have told people for a long time that he's a hell of a dynasty stash because ebron and doyle aren't on contract next year neither Mm -hmm. one of them Mm -hmm. um and this is his second year next year will be his third year in the system so i mean they'll probably keep one of those guys but maybe not i mean you know, he can have a great role next year. But for this year, um, I think people are fading um the guys really more that they shouldn't be fading. People are still drafting Hilton and and Mac and and all those guys. And and uh and Doyle and Ebron are getting pushed way down and not getting drafted. Wow. Um it hurts, guys. It hurts. It hurts <laughs> being a Colts fan right now. Yeah, and the
3: two guys that I'm I'm actually bummed about the most because I thought they were gonna have a really good year this year were Devin Funches and Paris Campbell, you know, and they were having some a great early camp. And, you know, we've seen the speed of Paris Campbell and and yeah, it might have been a little bit of a long shot in redraft, but I mean the guy's got skills and and with the improved offensive line, I mean, Quentin Nelson's a beast. Um, I thought those two guys were gonna eat also. So I just feel like it's just it's just looking bad for all those guys, but but I think that's a great point that you know, because of that, because maybe he's not going to get the downfield throws that, that Doyle and Ebron really need to be targets this year for fantasy um, because it's just, it's the situation is going to fit them a little bit better now.
0: Funches could surprise if he stays healthy because he does play a little bit more like a tight end. And in the last preseason game, they played together. He was, he was getting peppered with targets. So Funches could surprise, you know, as a very unsexy um, option. Harris Campbell, unfortunately, uh, only got like two days of camp in, and has a has had a horrible uh, hamstring injury. He just returned to camp today, yeah. so he's missed most of training camp and uh, and this offseason uh with that really bad hamstring. So um, the way that rookie wide receivers tend to not, you know, jump out of the gate, I would expect too much from him. You're going to see like a guy that nobody talks about is Chester Rogers. He's going to be out mm-hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's going to be, uh, maybe a little bit of Dion Kane out there too. I think that, that Campbell will have designed plays and you're seeing a big influx of, of players in the league in the last few years. And especially this year that are going to be designed to play guys like justice Hill is going to be a designed play guy. Um, I think that Paris Campbell, they're going to design plays to get to him and, uh, and uh, hell of a best ball pick if you're still drafting best ball, I would definitely
4: no,
2: oh, definitely play
0: on some gamble at the end,
2: as you know, we're all Raiders fans. So we can hear the sincerity in your voice, <laughs> the pain that you have when you're talking about your colts. but let's let's move on to a happier topic. My question for you is, who's your favorite sleeper this year?
0: Well, he's out there west. Um, you know, not with your Raiders, though. You guys know I love Josh Jacobs this year, so oh, yeah. Uh, let's let's bring that. Um, obviously, not a sleeper, but I had to throw that out there since you're the Raiders fans. Um, we're gonna go with uh, Matt Breda. Um, oh, interesting. I and, like it. and what sucks is this recent setback with with McKinnon has really um skyrocketed him up the depth chart i mean you were able to get Beretta in like the 16th round basically um two months ago and i was taking him because uh because of the injury history there and, and how hard it, it's been for for um jared mckinnon to get on the field he played through a ton of injuries he's got a great profile and a great fit for that system there's going to be a lot of two-back sets with both of those guys out there. And is a beast. Did you see him lay out for that uh, end zone catch the other day? Yeah, he's looking good. I don't know that I've seen maybe just a handful of running backs um, just run a streak and then lay out for a ball like that, just ex- fully extended and catch the ball like the wide receiver does in the, in the end zone. Um, he profiles out really good. I mean, the dude's fast. He runs a 4 four forty. Um, player profiler has him at a 93% speed score, a 99% burst. I mean, it's really underrated for being one hell of an athlete. And um, Tevin Coleman has had his injury history as well. And um, I don't know how happy I was with Tevin Coleman when they handed him the right last year in Atlanta by default because of injury when Freeman went down. I don't know that he was all that exciting for me as a lead back. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up complimenting Bereda more than the other way around, honestly. And I see Bereda more in the end zone. Um, I think that they're both going to eat, but for their ADPs right now and where you're getting Tevin Coleman versus where you're getting Bereda, I mean, you can get him like in the ninth and 10th round. I think it's a steal. I think it's an absolute steal.
3: Yeah, we got yeah. In, in Fantasy Pro's ADP, we got Tevin Coleman right now running back twenty-six and 54th overall and Matt Breda at running back 40 and 110 overall. So it's definitely, you know, it's it's really value. Um, and I, I tweeted out today about, you know, me personally, uh, I, I don't like dealing with any of the, the running backs in San Francisco uh, because of a little bit of that uncertainty with who's going to actually be the bell cow. Well, the the relative bell cow, you know, at least get a line share of the carries. But um, is, is the love for Breda um, – you know, not just because of his talent, but definitely because of of where his ADP is, and because you can get him so late that he's going to outperform his ADP.
0: It's a mixture of, um, I mean, we know that Coleman knows that system because you know he's been that system. But Breda was there last year and was on that team. Um, he's he can play. Like I said, he could play through. I mean, there was one time I thought for sure the guy was going to be out and he got out there and played. He had like three separate injuries. God love him. He's a horse. And then the ADP. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really what it's all about is, uh, you know, what do they say? Don't, don't hate the player, hate the price. <laughs> um, right. You know, I, I love the price on this one. And when I dug more into his profile... I was blown away. Did you know he was 93, 99, 90% and all that shit? I didn't.
3: No, and, and someone uh, on the tweet uh, responded that uh, his on-the-field speed was actually clocked faster than Tyreek Hills, and I didn't verify that, but if, if that's true, then yeah, the guy is a burner, and I had no idea I saw he was that, that fast.
0: Too. That's trending, I didn't verify that either, but um, it, it is trending that he was the fastest player clocked last year at like 22 miles per hour.
1: <laughs> insane, totally insane. So, all right, Paul. So, do you have a uh, maybe a long uh, game sleeper kind of like a guy you want to stash? Not necessarily like a handcuff, but you know, maybe a young player that you think, man, it might you know maybe week six, week seven, may uh, may pop or something like that.
0: Um, well, you guys know I love Devin Singletary, but I talked about him on the uh, on the fantasy suit. So I'm going to go deeper. I mean, these are deep sleepers. The other thing I was going to say about Bereta, guys, is, I mean, don't reach for him. I, I'm in a draft right now, and somebody reached for him, like in the seventh round. Yeah. Um, I think he's somebody you can just wait, and he'll slip past his ADP because people aren't thinking about him. But um, a, a running back that I like really, really deep, Somebody to take in the 16th round or just watch on your uh, waiver wire is there Ogum oh, yeah. uh, out of uh out of Tampa Bay.
3: So before the yeah. podcast I told you I had no idea I had no information on him so I am really curious to hear your take on him and I know I know Steve and Dominic do definitely know a little bit more about him than I do.
0: Well don't look at his profile. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, don't do that. He's not somebody that pops on the profile. He's just really popped in camp. It's his second year. He was drafted out of Wisconsin last year, 5'11, 213. So he's a perfect size. I love the running backs that are just under six foot and just around 215, 220 is a, mm-hmm. is a nice size. Um, he's really, really popped in camp. He, uh, uh, you know, I always look for paths to relevancy. That's why I like Singletary because of the the old guys that are ahead of him. And I think one of them might be cut or traded still. But I think the path is really easy. I mean, Peyton Barber does not, I mean, I think he ranked uh, bottom five and bottom 10 in everything last year. Um, He he was serviceable in fantasy just because he was the only dude there. Uh, One thing that does pop on his profile is his target share. And a lot of the advanced you know, metrics guy earlier really like that car- college target share number. And uh, it was 85th percentile. So he's somebody that can carry a, a, a large load of a team's um, passing volume out of the backfield. Um, like I said, Peyton Barber is just a jag, man. He's just a yeah. dude. Rojo, um, I told everybody not to draft Rojo and Rashad Penny last year. Um, I saying the same thing this year. I just, uh, I think those guys were way overdrafted. Um, more of a special teams gadget guys. Um, dare has the best hands on the squad. Um, now the team will pass about 70% of the time. So if Peyton Barber's getting the first and second down work and, uh, and dare's getting the passing volume and they're passing 70% of the time, this guy could, you know, be the, the, the back to own down there. Yeah. And again, it's not somebody that it's not going to be like a, a Philip Lindsay situation. You know, this guy's not going to just be an RB one or anything, but he's absolutely free. I think he's a great guy to stash or at least keep an eye on what his performance is like the first couple uh, weeks and maybe pick him up off the waiver wire. Definitely. <laughs> if you're a dynasty, get him. I got him in as many leagues as I could about a month ago. And, uh, you, you can't get him anymore he's 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 rostered but uh on any any of my leagues maybe your listeners <laughs> leagues have uh they're on the on the waiver wire
3: yeah he had a nice uh 42 yard uh screen pass the other day against uh against the dolphins and i think uh i think that's a great deep sleeper because like you said he's not going to come out like philip lindsey being rb1 but with the uncertainty in that backfield with not knowing who's actually going to take the rock and and you know, like you said, uh, uh, Rojo or Peyton and Rojo, just a couple of Jags. You know, we saw being a, a West Coast podcast, we got to see Rojo firsthand when he was at USC. And yeah, the guy's good. He's got some talent, but he definitely hasn't shown it yet for the Bucks. And at this point, I'm almost willing to take a flyer on anyone in that backfield with that Bruce Arians offense and, and, and take a chance on someone like Dare, uh, especially late or just keeping an eye on him, I think it's a great call.
0: Hey, you guys want to deep. I mean, that's you know, when I post my sleepers <laughs> list, uh, when I pin my sleepers list, you see some of the shit that I get sometimes. Oh, those aren't sleepers. Those aren't sleepers. It's hard to find sleepers nowadays yeah. that nobody talks about. Um, so of- we're digging deep here. Some of your listeners might be like, this guy's out of his mind. But, you know, I Curtis Samuel, I mean, you know, everybody knows, you know, uh, everybody's talking about Devin Singletary now, although I've been talking about him since March um, so trying to dig, trying to dig a little deeper here for you.
2: Appreciate that. Speaking of those, those sleeper lists. I mean, that's what you're known for. That's your name on Twitter. My last question for you isn't about this year, but it, it's who's your favorite sleeper of all time. Like who has made you the most proud that you were talking about that made that made your list and, and, and made it, and you were the most happy about.
0: Well, um, I've got to. Because one was from way back, I probably before you guys were playing fantasy football. I don't know. Remember Marcus Colston?
3: Oh yeah, yep. for the Saints. Yeah, hell yeah! I used to love Marcus yeah, Colston, so, but he burned me too many times. He
0: he won me so many trophies that year. When uh, and if you played in any Yahoo leagues, which I don't anymore, but that year on Yahoo, you could play him as a uh, as a tight end or a wide receiver. So he had that dual eligibility, but he he blew up that year. I think he had 1,100 yards, eight, eight touchdowns just out of nowhere. But most recently, it's uh, Alvin Kamara. And this is documented on YouTube. If you go back to even before I did Twitter and uh, after week one of, uh, you know, two years ago of Kamara's uh, um, rookie year, I had a little segment where I said, you know, I think Sean Payton has found – is Darren Sproles, is, is Reggie Bush. Um, you know, it's too bad that Adrian Peterson's ahead of him and and Mark Ingram because, uh, you know, if this guy could get some playing time, this is the guy. He's got everything. He's got it all. I went back and watched um, some Tennessee tape and uh, and really liked his contact balance. Um, you just can't bring the kid down. Those next few weeks, week two, week three, week four, I kept talking about him because – he started like really lighting up and putting up some stats. And I'm like, guys, you know, Alvin Kamara, I mean, and he was still on waivers like week three, uh, week four in some leagues. So um, there's a couple guys out there that have been following me since the very, very beginning. And uh, I've always thought it would be uh, fun to put together a little Alvin Kamara YouTube um, thing on Twitter where I I timestamp where I was talking about him, but I've just never had the time to do it. But, um, that was a good one. I had him in all my leagues. I drafted him like in the 13th round in my league of record. And everybody was like, Who? who's this guy? <laughs> and, and I won the trophy. Um, obviously just cause he just beasted out. But, um, um so yeah, those two saints, uh, I can kind of hang my hat on those guys.
2: Third overall pick. Do you take Kamara or is his ADP met caught up with them? So you don't like them anymore. You just like sleepers.
0: Oh no, I, I take him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year I, 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 I kind of uh, hedged with, should I rank this guy number one? And I thought now I'm just being too, like too personal with it. Like this is my guy, but honestly, like, you know, nobody would have been mad at that. Nope. Um, you know, he's been a, uh, what, number four the last two years. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, with a third overall pick, I'm not hesitating. Especially now with the Zeke situation. I think it's uh, oh, yeah. it's kind of cut and dry now. It makes it the Zeke situation makes it even more of cut and dry. I mean, uh, I take him um, I've taken him at second and I've taken him first, um, just because I do so many leagues and I like to mix it up. So
3: yeah, he went I, number two you know, in he's our got, home league.
0: He's got 17, 18 touchdown potential. Again, they use him so much in the red zone, you know, it's ridiculous. That would have been hilarious
3: though, Dom. Like if Polly Polly Sleepers is so on brand uh, with his uh, with his Twitter that that he never drafts anyone high, he's always just going for sleepers like constantly. That would be hilarious. Yeah, if that's, did a
2: that's what like I was that. thinking. Like, like oh, I take Dalvin Cook with the third pick, or you know, something like that. But it, it, I thought it <laughs> would well, be hilarious. Somebody, somebody was doing like a sleepers like league
0: where um, basically like everybody with a fifth round or, or better ADP was out of the pool. <laughs> so all sixth round and, and later
3: that's awesome you can go on youtube you can see Polly's stuff uh you can see him call out kamara back in the day and so so Polly, what you're saying is that because you called out kamara that that dare okambo is going to be the next kamara right that's what you're saying <laughs> um i
0: wish I, would. <laughs> I wish i mean honestly like i said I, I love Devin singletary if i had to really plant my flag on somebody it would be him, but I didn't talk about him because he keeps rising up, and I'm really seeing him being drafted um, too soon now. So it, it's it's kind of too late. Um, I got a couple wide receivers. Michael Gallup. Yep. Super so low ADP to... right
3: now, too. Yeah, I think Gallup yeah, is right now. Yeah, uh, and you
0: can wait for him. Yeah,
3: and the Fantasy Pro's 11, ADP. Like 11.06. Yeah, I got him at uh, wide receiver 53, uh, you know, and, and 146 overall, uh, and that's consensus ADP. So, yeah, Michael Gallup is is definitely, I mean, for, especially for the wide receiver 2 on his team and and I think we all know how I feel about the fantasy locust, Amari Cooper. So, you know, right. Michael Gallup is definitely criminally low ADP for for a guy that can still uh, is going to do something when when Amari Cooper's not doing anything.
0: He's got a, He's had a great camp. Uh, they got a new OC, Kellen Moore, uh, quarterback minded uh, OC. Um, he's uh, he's not going to be seeing any you know any tough coverage. They didn't draft any of the rookies in this class, so I think they really believe in this kid. Um, and uh, honestly, like he's being drafted around Metcalf, Tyrell Williams. Uh, no offense, Raiders. But i'd I'd rather have him. I'd rather have Gallup over Tyrell Williams. Uh, I mean, he's flashed, but I think Gallup could really get into wide receiver two uh, territory this year. Yeah. Um, they, I think they're gonna, Their offense is going to be much more creative. Um, and uh, he's looked great in the preseason. He's looked great in camp. That's somebody I've been talking about a lot.
3: And so, Paulie, before uh, before we let you go, you know, one thing we always like to do on this show uh, is drop free nuggets for our listeners. And and, uh, you know, w- do you have one one really good free nugget that for our listeners? It doesn't necessarily have to be a sleeper, uh, but either, you know, a piece of advice for drafts because it's going to come out for people that are drafting this weekend um, or or one player that you're just super high on that you think could be a league winner.
0: You know, don't uh, don't get too drunk. <laughs>
4: nuggets
0: don't uh don't get too wasted because that's when you uh that's when you mess up and go away from your game plan you know that you you know that you've been watching the fantasy footballers and you've been listening to to paulie and Beezy and terminator and two-on-one pod tommy and everybody say wait on a quarterback wait on a quarterback and then you like just get nervous and you draft russell wilson in the sixth round yeah because uh because you've had 25 beers
3: or Tom so, Brady in the
0: eighth or something ridiculous draft response. I, I, I threw that. I, I didn't do that. There the, the seven. My hashtag was <laughs> draft responsibly.
4: Free nuggets.
0: Um, and I really focus on that. I'm totally honest. Like I, I want to catch a buzz, but I, I do, I do that a little bit more towards the end. Um, when I'm, when I'm digging into my sleepers anyway, and, and then after when everybody's hanging out. So at my life drafts, I really try and, uh, and tone it down a little bit because uh, you make bad decisions when you're, when you've got a ton of drinks in you. So um, I, it might sound silly, but um, I tell you, I've had great success with, uh, with, cause I, I've had drafts where I was so wasted and I look at, I look and I'm like, what the hell did I do? Like those aren't the guys I've been studying and thinking about or talking about what, what's, what happened. And so I've been focusing the last couple of years on, on, you know, I mean not staying sober but just you know chilling. Yeah. And uh it helps.
3: My favorite thing is to get uh, my other draft mates uh as wasted or as high as possible so they Yeah, do all that's the work what I'm out. saying. Yeah. Hand
0: them the freaking joint and <laughs> and and the shotgun and the beers and yeah yeah get them fucked up
3: yeah absolutely and you stay sober absolutely. or at least relatively sober so you, yeah that's the way to do it <laughs>
0: there can be a huge huge advantage game there and then all of a sudden you're like man i just got curtis samuel in the 14th round this is great oh yeah everybody else is wasted
3: <laughs> but uh i love it so the so yeah so number one free nugget from paulie uh hashtag draft responsibly right draft responsibly yeah right on. Well, thank you so much Polly for being on the show. It's been a long time coming. Really excited to talk to you. Really great to have you on and uh and yeah, uh, thanks again and and we'll definitely catch you on Twitter.
0: Absolutely, guys. Have a great night. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Polly, man. Nice speaking to you. Absolutely. Good luck this year. Thanks yeah, you thanks too. Guys.
1: All right, that was a great Commissioner's Corner. I really want to thank uh, Polly Sleepers for coming on with us and staying up late for us. We really appreciate it. Um, for, for all of you guys that you don't know and aren't following him, go on Twitter. He's at Pauly Sleepers. And also you can find him at polysleepers.com. I'm telling you guys, it's, he's worth the follow. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter. One of my got-
3: all-time favorite follows on Twitter. Just putting out there, I love interacting with Paulie. He's super engaging. Uh, he's super active on Twitter. Has the best sleepers and, and will, is willing to answer like any question you have. So he's a he's a must-follow in my book.
1: All right, guys, that does it for our first episode of 2019 season. If you like what you're listening to, please rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and any of the other nine platforms you can subscribe and download the podcast. We really appreciate every subscription and review, but especially the rates and reviews as it helps others to find the podcast. And if you're listening to us on the Anchor app, please leave any comments or questions directly on Anchor. And you can always hit up the voicemail line during the week or send us a tweet at the pod's Twitter handle at two on one FFB podcast. And as always, you can find each of us on Twitter. I'm up FB Savant 7075.
3: And I'm at Timo 52 underscore.
1: And I'm at yeast mode 24. Thanks for listening and for all of those still drafting, make sure you catch our mini series with positional rankings and draft strategies to help you smash those drafts, man. Good luck everyone and peace. Suck it, Kyle. <laughs>